a gorgeous day. And you know what? I think most of the time we misunderstand that the feeling that the sun gives us is what the actual sun should give us because it's all about that warmth and that incredible glow on our lives. Isn't it interesting how you feel much better after a day in the, in the sun? Come on, be honest. It's true. Anyway, tonight we're going to tackle the subject of are you in a rut? And uh, what we have to do right from the beginning is clarify what we're talking about because um, often when we talk about ruts, we can get uh, feeling, well, it's the mundane. Some of you hate your jobs and so you think, I'm in a rut. Uh, some of you are, are unhappy in relationships and you think, I'm in a rut. You know, I clean my teeth every morning and never consider for a minute that I'm in a rut because I know it's a good idea and so some things that are ritualistic are very good. But what we're really wanting to tackle tonight is how we think. Because often we don't give enough attention to what our minds are doing. We can get into rough thinking that takes us to places where we may, might never want to go. But unfortunately, a path's been made and we get up every morning and in our heads, we merrily wander down that track and it takes us to that same destination. And even though we don't want to go there, we end up going there. So tonight, we want to make sure we understand that we're talking about the roots of thinking uh, in negative ways that take us to places we don't want to go. We've all got where we are because we consistently journey over familiar thought processes. And to change our destination, we must detach those long-term thought relationships that have become deeply entrenched and begin creating new ones. We all want miracles, but sometimes we must undertake the hard work by training our mind into new ways of thinking. Now, that's what we, none of us want, isn't it? You know, we say we want to change our bodies, but do any of us want to go on a diet? Do any of us want to change our ways? Of course, that's when it all gets very hard. I need to be fit, but the thought of running on a morning is just no. Uh, <laughs> it's no. I'm just being really honest with you. It's no. So anyway, the Bible talks, because remember, you know, we're here as a, a Christian uh, group here, and we, we very much Jesus-centered. And uh, the Bible talks about having a renewed mind, and um, it tells us how that comes about is a word that's repentance. Now, it's funny because we talked about this the other week in um, the Bible study, that what that word has become is very, very distorted. Because repentance, all it means is a radical shift in our thinking. But somehow, somebody got hold of that word and made it into, we have to do penance for the things that we've done that we think are unacceptable before God. Now, that's a very different way of looking at it, and we're not talking about that at all tonight, but we are talking about radical shifts in our thinking. And the ancients, you know, the people in the Bible days, did not know how to adequately talk about these things. They knew, though, that if one needed transformation in their life, it started in your mind. They knew that, they didn't quite know how to put it into words, but they knew that. So we have many ways now to describe what was limited in their understanding. So we have to, got, we have to introduce new ways of thinking 
and speaking new truths that establish new long-term relationships in our heads that become the norm and lead to life instead of, uh, of death. Now, you'll never fix anything that you don't understand. And some of you have uh, re rehearsed thoughts in your head for years, and then you get surprised when suddenly the things that you've been speaking out are suddenly what you're experiencing. Now, if that's the case, that should tell you that if you change today what you're rehearsing and what you're saying, then ultimately you will get a different result. But yes, it's hard because when you're in the rut, it's hard to get out. But anyway, we often lack compassion when we are confronted with people who suffer from addictions and we're confused as to why they are stuck in this rut of such destructive behavior. But an addiction is only a habit that has got itself entrenched too deep. A deep rut instead of a shallow rut. And how many here tonight cover up the fact that you are in a deep rut of what seems a more acceptable kind? Ruts are created by repetitive, repetitive behaviors and attitudes. And a process must be interrupted if we want to change our direction. And it's not comfortable, but it is essential if we want to thrive and arrive at a new destination. So this clip that you're about to see is taking you into the mind. And I'll tell you what, it's, if you're willing to listen, I know that it will have a transformational effect on you tonight because it's absolutely amazing. And then we'll move on from there. Thank you. So I wonder how many uh, of you tonight feel that you're actually stuck in a rut? that unless uh, something significant happens, the, the ongoing process of your life and where that leads you will not change. Um, and uh, the bad news is if you are stuck in a rut and going the wrong direction, direction, the ongoing process of your life and the result actually will not change. A couple of years ago, Chris and I... Um, I had a little pilgrimage across in uh, America to an old stomping ground, and we, we made the journey from Nebraska all the way through Wyoming and down into, uh, into Utah, into Salt Lake City, and of course what had become the Mormon settlement, and then ultimately, obviously, community. And um, uh, one of the things that we, we were quite staggered by, really, was, and this picture is, is, is from that, the picture that you're seeing is how the, uh, the wheels of the, the wagons and the, 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 the pull carts that the pioneers were, were taking across to wherever it was that they thought they were going actually wore that deep into the rock. Um, the truth is any repetitive activity, and this is very important, any repetitive process, any repetitive behavior, any repetitive belief leaves us vulnerable to the possibility of getting stuck in a rut. Uh, a rut, incidentally, does not just form itself. It has to be created, and it's created and worn by persistence, by persistently going over the same ground over and over again. But as we began to think about this subject, I began to think maybe it's not the rut itself that's the problem. But maybe it's the nature of the rut. Maybe it's where it's leading and, and the direction 
in which you travel. Once you're in a rut, the wheels of your life simply follow the direction of the rut. I mean, that goes without saying. And your direction is determined by the rut, often without any real effort from yourself. But, but, but what I wanted to say is this. Maybe the real issue here is, is not having no rut, but creating a new rut. Maybe the issue here is not that there is an inerrant error in ruts and that ruts can be avoided. Maybe the problem is the direction that you're going within the ruts that have been worn. Because what's interesting is, if you were in the rut, you were either going to the new territories of Utah, or you were heading all the way back home to where you just came from, and you would go all the way back to where you started from, having made no progress whatsoever, simply going round in circles because of the direction that you had chosen to go within the path that had been made. I think the greatest giveaway to what I would call our root status, is our confession. Uh, it's the things that we say, and we, we, we don't listen to ourselves close enough and often enough, because if you listen to what's coming out of your mouth, that's going to tell you the rut that you're in and the direction that you're going, and that rut. And um, Proverbs 23, verse 7 is an interesting verse, because it it says, for, for, it says, as he, or as a man, or as a person, thinks in his or her heart, that means thinks on the inside, thinks from within, so is he, or so is she. What you think on the inside is actually who you will be. See, see the whole issue is not actually an external one of circumstance. It's not in this external one even of situation or consequence. Actually, the, the root of this issue is what's going on inside of you. It's, it's how you think, what you think, how you think and what you think about yourself, about God, about life, about people. And it's those areas where we then, as we evaluate those, uh, often begin to apportion blame for how we feel and how we think and where we are onto other people and other things. Have you ever noticed that the wisdom of Scripture from the beginning, however you perceive the story of the first man, was to bring out the fact that when we are challenged about where we stand in life, invariably we will always blame somebody else. So, so in the first pages, even of this, this amazing book called The Bible, we, we're given some insight that if you want your life to change, understand the first thing you will do is blame someone and blame something, but never take responsibility for the choices you have made, because in that responsibility is the possibility of turning yourself around and going in another direction with another mindset. For as a man, woman thinks in their heart, so he is. And Jesus said this one day when he was talking to the crowd. He said, he said, he said for out of the fullness or the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Everything that you say, every whinge that comes out, every complaint, every word of blame. And let me put it another way, because some of us are a little more subtle. Some of us live out there. And other of us live in here and think, well, we're not saying anything. But you see, we're still saying it. We're saying it into our mind. We're saying it into our circumstance. And you can tell even by the look and by the body language that we're saying something. All the time we are saying something. And actually what we say 
is what's coming out of our heart. You can discover where your heart is at by what you so reactively always wish to say. Now, I know that we can, we can, we can smooth that out when we're with people and we can, we, can, we can try to con people by saying the right things, but actually you know what's being said in here and you know what's being said in here and Jesus said that, that out of that is where the mouth speaks. Now, now remember what he said and as a man thinks in his heart, that is what he is. So we begin to speak out what we really think and who we really are. We begin to make a confession according to the rut that we find ourselves in. So you're either talking your trouble or you're shouting your salvation. The question is, which is it? Are you talking your trouble or are you shouting your salvation? Because that's going to determine your direction in the rut and it's going to determine which path that you're actually going on. And when we're stuck in a destructive path, a destructive rut, the truth is we actually need a game changer. And some of you tonight need a game changer. Now, now what I love about the gospel and why I come here and why we bother to talk is because I actually believe that there is the potential for a game changer every time we come together and begin to hear something different that will allow us to change how we think, to adjust how we believe and make a different confession and allow something much more powerful than our own effort to begin to help us. We need a game changer. So I want Chris just to introduce the next video. Thank you. When we were thinking about this on Friday, this came to me and I was concerned because it didn't feel as though it just totally, you know, flowed with the theme. But then as I was thinking about it, I really felt that it was what we would have called a while back as a prophetic word. And I actually think it's a prophetic word for us as a church, uh, as Q. And um, it's from a film and you're just going to see the trailer and you know what it's like with the trailer, you just get the the bits, uh, you know, the, 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 the bits that are supposed to stand out to make you buy into it. Uh, so I'm just going to give you a little bit of a, of a background. Uh, basically, um, this guy is the manager of a baseball team uh, in California, and uh, they haven't got the great million dollars of funds to be able to go out there and buy the best team uh, players in order to get into the major league. But basically, he uh, decides that he's going to embark on a mission to get his team up there with the little that he has, with the little funding that he's got. Now, you have to remember that baseball in America is very sacred. And you could say there's a parallel there in the context of who we are as Q. Because we have actually done what this guy, Billy um, Bean, I think, or Billy Dean, I've probably written it down wrong, um, uh, actually did. He touched things that were sacred. And you know what it's like when you touch things that are sacred? You're always going to have people coming out of the woodwork telling the, you that what you're doing is wrong. But he decided that most of the thinking within the game was medieval. And he decided he was going to shake things up, even at the cost of losing his reputation and his job. He was a pioneer and he basically changed the face of basketball for good. Now, on this uh, little clip, you'll hear these words, and it really sparked in me because it was this. It says, we are doing something unexpected and special 
And the whole city is feeling it. Now that just, oh, I like that. And I so much that want that to be the case in our city. But um, it should be our mantra. And Anthony was just talking about confession. It should be our confession that we are doing something unexpected and special and the whole city is feeling it. Now, I think that that is going on, but it's not necessarily excitement about something wonderful, the feeling uncomfortable because we're, we're challenging the sacred. And, and basically, we have to say we are still going to do it regardless. And we are catalysts. And he says at one point, he picks out these group of people, he says, you are a champion team. Now get out there and play like one. And that, that is so encouraging to me because I want that to be my confession about Q and this place. We are a champion team and we are going to play like one. And in a letter that I recently sent out to someone who was a little bit derogatory about who we were, I said this, over the centuries, there are many who have joined the quest and asked serious questions that have helped bring down a paradigm that has been in place for over a thousand years. Men like Martin Luther dared to question rituals in the church with his 95 statements that he posted on the now famous Wittenberg door. This sparked off a debate that would move the movement from its medieval practices and push the church into a new era. This quest is shared by millions of lifelong Christians around the world. Now, this is the exciting bit. That Billy Dean, after he introduced this new method of playing into the baseball uh, game, he was offered $12.5 million uh, to uh, become general manager of the Boston Red Sox, which were up there in the, the, the top of the major league. But he didn't take it. He remained loyal to his little team, Oakland's in California. But listen to this. Two years later, in 2004, the Red Sox won the series. First time since 1918. That was many, many years later. Why? Because they embraced the philosophy that had been championed in this little team uh, in, over there in California. And there's a line that's absolutely amazing. It's this. If we win, we'll change the game for good. And I'll tell you what, at Q, we're changing the game for good. So watch this. It's very bitty, but I think you'll get the spirit of it. And then Anth will, he'll score the finishing rounder or whatever. Okay? Thank you. <laughs> so the deal is you have to change your game. Which you might think is... It, it, it doesn't describe what life is all about, but actually, you know, life is a lot more like a game than you would dare to imagine. The influences upon it, the things that affect it. And uh, I don't want to say everything that I'd written down to say, because I want to cut it short, because I want Connie to sing the song that, that she's going to sing. But, but there are models of influence that, that have an unavoidable effect on our lives. Just like the, the way that baseball had always been done was a model of influence that had an unavoidable effect because for most people it's like, well, you can't change this, you can't get away from this. And, and, and the crazy thing, even though the Oakland A's were losing all the time, they were a losing team, a losing franchise, they were still going to commit themselves to the models of influence that they had had. We're as stupid and as foolish as that. You'll keep committing yourself to the same model of influence 
as a losing team and one understand you need to change the game. You need a game changer. I believe Jesus, the gospel, and with the help of God, there is a process that allows us to change the game. The game said, when you get in the tomb, that's it. But God's change of game was when you get in the tomb, that's not it, because there is a game changer. But everything influential says that's the end, it's done. But God says, no, there's a game changer. If you'll come at this with another mindset, a mindset of resurrection, things can really change. Now, some of you, how that has affected you is you have, for example, you've, you've witnessed parents divorce You've had people die who you loved. You've had jobs lost, things that didn't work out. Directions of life that seemed to fail. Happiness that disappeared. Joy that leaked out. All this kind of stuff. And the problem is it begins to establish in us that that is how life will be. And that is what I have to face. That's being stuck in the wrong rut, going in the wrong direction. But I believe there's a good rut going in a different direction that takes you to a place of promise and a land of opportunity for every one of you. None of you are exempt. You are a championship team. Yes. All of you are a championship team. I like the fact his scheme was we don't select the people who outwardly seem to have it all. We select the people who we just know there's something in there to come out. And in every one of you tonight, God doesn't select you because of your outgoing personality or your incredible ability to be a legend in your own mind. He selects you because he sees something in you that was worth giving Jesus for. He sees something in you which is worth changing the system for so that now you don't have to work for it or train for it. But he says, I'm going to bring you in anyway. And then if you'll just follow what I say, it's all going to change. So let me just say this. It's not about what you pray, because you don't pray your way out of a rut. It's about the decisions that you make. It's about deciding who you are, who you want to be, who God is, and who God has promised to be for you, and realizing that all that stuff that's been holding you down can be broken and will be broken, but first you've got to change the way you think. The Apostle Paul says we are transformed... By the renewing of our mind. Transformed by the renewing of our mind. That means you only have to start thinking a different thought to the thought you used to think, which I know I am sympathetic to where that thought came from, but it's got you in a rut going the wrong way. If you can just change that one thought, God is with me, I'm part of a championship team, his love is around me, and if I make a decision about things being different, what will happen then as I believe that, my heart will begin to speak it because as a man or woman thinks in his heart, that's who they are. You just have to think it in here and then out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth will start speaking, not that nonsense and destructive rubbish that you keep coming out with, but words that begin to say, do you know what? I think it's going to be more than okay. I think it's going to be better than good. I think we're going to be a winning team. You'll never go in a new direction without a new belief. So I want you to believe something different right now. What is it that you've been believing? That he's got you in that rut that's destroying your life, destroying your emotions, threatening you, intimidating you, where suicide and survival are the only things that you can think of 
rather than success and pioneering spirit into a new land. You'll never go in a new direction without a new belief. You'll never establish that new belief unless you clothe it in confession that fits the new belief. You've got to start saying some different things. Your best days are still ahead of you. And you'll never clothe it in confession that fits until you're willing to embrace that new belief in your heart. I want you to embrace a new belief because God has given you the authority, the power, and the opportunity to embrace a new belief. You can change it all and it all can be changed because we're going a different direction in a different way. I wrote this down. When you choose change, change chooses you. Sounds a bit of a, you know, whatever they call those things. But when you choose change, in a strange way, change chooses you. It, but it's waiting for you to choose change. I, I want you to choose change today. You might say, I can't change myself. And, and that's actually the truth. The only thing you can change is how you relate to what you're going to think. And you make a decision to think differently. And there are wonderful processes God has put inside of you. And he will help you that as you begin to choose to change, you begin to choose to think differently. Because as you choose to change, change will choose you. And you're going to find that place of freedom. So I want to pray right now, and maybe you want to say in your heart, Lord, today I choose to change. If your life's a pile of... I choose to change. If all you can think of is ending it rather than beginning it, I choose to change. If all you can think of is the guilt that you carry from the sins that you've done, you need to say, Lord, I choose to change. He's made a way for it. If all that you can think is that the way life has treated you, it can never be any different. I choose to change. I, I like the fact that God doesn't rely on our ability to make the difference. He relies on his ability to make the difference. But his ability makes the difference when our choice chooses to let our efforts to die and his ability to take over. I want you to choose that right now. I'm really serious. This is not a psychological exercise. This is a game-changing decision, a heart-changing decision. I choose. I choose. One day, one of the great old prophets said to the people, choose you this day who you're going to serve because you've got a choice today. It's either life or death. And that's really what he was saying. Stay in the rut or get in the different rut and go to the place of life. Choose life right now. I choose life. Lord, help me to grasp that as a belief inside of me so that as I begin to confess it, I begin to see your kingdom come in a very powerful way in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Connie. Awesome.